In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Amy, how are you, my friend? I am wonderful. How are you today? I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you. Your energy is infectious. You are such a boss lady, and I love it so much, and I'm so excited to hear your journey today. So thank you again for being here, Amy. (laughs) I always start with my favorite question, which is what inspired you on your journey to where, where you are today? That one's pretty easy for me. I was blessed with three daughters and they for sure are my biggest inspiration. They didn't come easy just in the terms of, you know, get keeping it real years of fertility. And then I surprise identical twins. So lots of fun during those years. But the truth is I was blessed with three beautiful daughters and feel a ton of personal and have since they've been born a ton of personal responsibility, not only as their mother, but as their female role model. I'm who they have to demonstrate, you know, what is it like? What's it like to be a working woman? What's it like to keep try to keep a family afloat? What's it like to, you know, chase your passion and follow your dreams? And for me, really the main reason that I am where I am today and why I did have such the big career switch I've had was because for years I spent time telling my daughters, you know, how to trust their instincts and go with their gut and prioritize their happiness and money isn't everything and do what you love. And I would look in the mirror. And at one point I just looked at myself and I said, you are such a fraud. You are telling these girls all everything right, right out of the book. And yet your actions are speaking much louder than your words. And it was a little bit of a slap in my own face and saying, what are they learning? Because we all know they're looking at my actions, right? And it wasn't, it was a real hard look at myself to say, this isn't the role model I want to be. Because I have three amazing women behind me that are going to come up and change the world. And I need to be doing it right so they know how to do it right. So by far, they're my biggest inspiration reality check. Like when I go off course, I'm like, cause I know they're always watching, you know? So I love that. I love that Amy. And like, so as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh gosh. I wanted to be Julie from the love boat. Literally is what I wanted to be. I grew up in a very small town, you know, three, 4,000 people. Everybody knew everybody. Um, everybody was in each other's business type of environment. And I think even at a very early age, I knew I need to get out. I need to see the world. I need to go bigger and get have more um, just people and energy in my life. And I would literally, my mom would watch The Love Boat. And here was Julie, the cruise director, dressed super cute, traveling all over the world in the sunshine. And with her clipboard, she ran the whole show. And I was like, I don't even know what she's doing, but she's the boss I want to be. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to travel all over the world. I'm going to look cute doing it. And I'm just going to be in charge of all of these people. And literally as a young child, that's what never had set foot on a cruise or anything like that. But I was like, that energy, that space is, you know, what I'm going to be when I grow up. 
I love that. So who who was a big inspiration to you like growing up? Like what, you know, it could be more than one influence and yeah. in realms. But yeah, what was the big source of inspiration for you growing up? You know, I think my dad, so my parents didn't go to college. My mom went to nursing school. My dad was in the Navy. And so, and it's funny because my grandparents literally lived like houses away from where I grew up, both sets of grandparents. So within this very few blocks was my house and both sets of grandparents' house and aunt's uncle's house was a very small community. And my dad, even though we all still live there, he was the one that went in the Navy. So we had all these things around our house from when he went to Africa for the first time or went to Asia for the first time and, you know, different just trinkets and whatnot. And he would have stories and tell different things about who he met and what he did and what he saw. And I loved that. I knew I wanted to travel and get out there. And there is such a big wide world that I wanted to see from a very young age that I was just really itching to do that. And I think a lot of it was my dad and really the stories and the excitement that he brought about it into our household. So your daddy's girl just like me. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Still am, still am. Love, I know, same, same, same. You can't, you can't, you can't get, can't get away from that. I love that so much. Wow. So, in your career, how did it start? So, after high school, walk me through what what the career path looked like for you. Because you mentioned yes. a little bit with your daughters, you know. So it sounds like you were in the corporate world for a little bit. Yes, so. yes. So you know, after I did, I went to Penn State for undergrad. I needed to go to college in Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up, and so I found the biggest school that there was, which was Penn State, and it's sixty thousand yes. students. First time I visited, I was like, "Yep, this looks like the place for me." Love Penn State, been there well, and really started right out of undergrad at Johnson & Johnson and had stayed there, went to business school at Villanova, stayed though with the Johnson & Johnson company for 16 years. So I was there a really long time. I was blessed in that at the time, especially the organization and likely still is very mobile with their talent. So you were able to do jobs for two years and then switch teams and switch departments and get different exposure to what you wanted. And I, even then I knew I wasn't a stay in one job forever type person. So really took that opportunity to every two, three years, very intentionally explore different areas of the company from operations through their international business, through sales, most of the time in sales, through trade marketing, you know, really feeling out and learning how a business is run, you know, and the different start to finish of launching new products and bringing them to market, et cetera. So I spent a vast majority of my career there. I always say all the time I grew up there and some of my closest friends are still from there that I met those years. But it got to a point where, you know, nothing happened. There wasn't a big event that, you know, sort of flipped the switch for me. But I started to get those feelings of there's a very real chance if I don't do something soon, I'm going to end up retiring here. And not that there's anything, you know, nothing wrong with that for the people that do that. But I never saw myself as staying in one company my entire career. That seems, you know, ludicrous to me. But yet I was there and it was I was on the fringe of it feels like it might be around that time. And I was starting to have a much less patience with the corporate politics and the corporate BS than I had a few years earlier. 
And, you know, it spent like, you know, it was also around the time when, you know, the safety of being in corporate was really starting to diminish. You know, there is no safety anywhere. You could be let go at any time by anyone. And so I was approached about a startup opportunity in, um, with an international business out of Canada and decided to go for it. So I left J&J, the comfort of a, you know, multi hundred thousand plus employees and became employee five at an international Canadian startup. And I thought many days I was super excited. Some days I thought I lost my mind. Pretty much everyone I knew thought I lost my mind, but I needed to do something else. I needed to see what else is out there. I needed to see what it was like, even though I've done it on a large scale, I wanted to get more in the weeds and more in the dirt and have that ownership for something real. And so switched, made that big switch from a very large multinational to a very, 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 very small international national startup, which was really a huge turning point in my career, especially now when I look back at it. That's incredible. I'm going to ask you the golden handcuff question, which is what was the final push that you were like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> it's like, what was like, you know, like thought process and all of that. And reason I asked this is because I know that there's a lot of listeners listening right now yeah. that could potentially be at the precipice of do I go here or I do, do I go there? Because I feel like what's happening with COVID is just making everyone reevaluate their entire existence. And so it's not just even about money anymore. People are driving more towards purpose. So it's, you know, yeah. for you, what was like the deciding factor that you were just like, okay, I'm out of J and J like my comfortable, secure job and go yeah. here. You know, it's funny because when I think back, I have many, many clients that who are in the exact situation that you're describing, who are at that point of reevaluation. You know, I think in some ways I would be lying if I said I had this great epiphany. Now, when I look back, it's very easy for me to see. But at the time, you know, I was approached about another opportunity and I had been sent product to evaluate, I remember, and was got this big box at my house because I, I said to them before I even talked to them, I said, if I don't believe in this, I'm not coming. Like, I don't care what you offer me, the title salary. And I'd been in the beauty industry for years and they sent me the products and I started to use them and I started to use them on my kids and it worked really, really well. And I, you know, reported back and gave all my thoughts and all my feedback. And it was immediately overnight, they were ready to take action, not only bringing me on, but putting into place and implementing the ideas and suggestions I had. And I realized the speed of business, which that smaller business moves versus coming from a place where if you want to make a change on anything, it's like you're steering the Titanic, right? You, you better get your six to nine months ready. And the pace and the energy, honestly, it was a little bit of a pull. It was less of I'm walking away from this and more of that's the energy I want. I want the speed. I want the quick decision making. I want the, you know, we decide today, we do it tomorrow and have the impact and the implementation. And so for me making that switch, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't this huge negative thing. It was more realization of where do I fit? And am I going to be happy? And don't get me wrong. I say this all the time. JJ was an amazing place, is an amazing place, still is. I work with people there all the time now. But for me, I was at that point in my career where my patience was thin. I had it with the slow pace. I had it with the corporate PS. I was spending too much time managing up, down, sideways, all which, and not enough time 
contributing, making a difference, moving things forward. I like to work. I like to contribute. I like to grow businesses and help people and build teams. And all of that stuff was just so slowed down and just heavy and not where my attention was that I, it was a little bit like I was drawn to the light at the time, right? Like I wanted to go where that was and whether or not, you know, I was a hundred percent clear and why I was doing what I was doing. All I know is I felt that it was the right place for me. It felt more true to who I was. It felt more true to the speed with which I work. And it felt more true to the impact I wanted to have at that moment in my life. And I leaned into me, you know, I said, I've got to trust this worst case. And God bless my husband, who I would (laughs) be lying if I didn't say he wasn't a huge part of all this, who said, so you do this and it's the worst, it's the worst, pretend it's the worst decision you ever made. Pretend, right? You still have a resume with 16 years of high-level executive j and experience. You could go work wherever you want. I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> so it helped hearing it from someone else helped take some of that fear away and allowed me to believe in where I was and trust what I was after and trust what I wanted to chase. So it was a little bit of a combination of both, but it was truly nothing that necessarily j did wrong as much as I decided Rather than stay on, you know, it felt a little bit like I was on those moving in the airport, those moving walkways, just going right along, going right along. And years became decades, become 16 years. And it was like, if I'm not the one to take the step off, where is that going to come from? So that was really for me, it was a bit of a shift of how I, I saw what I wanted to be contributing at that point. I love that. And then so from there, you went on to basically start your own business as a yeah, yeah. yeah. So I stayed in the startup world for about four years. I worked here for a year remote. I actually relocated to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Me, my husband, my three daughters. It was supposed to be a year. It ended up being two years and then came back and worked here remote again, which was really, you know, to be blunt, very challenging. The time in Canada was great. The whole team was up there. I had a huge staff. We were in the US, Canada and Europe. It was great. But for me personally, I needed to come back to the States. And the truth is the role I was in needed to be in Canada, (laughs) you know, and this was a time when I was trying to work remote in a time when there was no Zoom, there were no Teams, it was old school phone, we were not using Google Docs, like none of this. And so I have such empathy for people now who struggle with working remote, because there was a good year where, you know, I felt every minute I was behind the eight ball. Every minute I wasn't up to speed, every minute I was missing the conversations, I went to bed feeling behind, I woke up feeling behind, yet I was working 70 plus hours a week, never seeing my kids, you know, freaking out on my husband, like it was a really tough year for me. And, you know, it got to the point where I said, I was around 40 at the time and said, this is not the life I want to be living. And it doesn't matter that my title starts with the letter C and it doesn't matter that it's the biggest paycheck I've ever received. And it doesn't matter that I'm flying on private jets because this life, the person I am is not the person I want to be. And had it really come to Jesus moment with what am I going to do here? Because I, I have young children and I love to work and I love to contribute and I cannot, and I will not do this for 20 more years. I just won't. And so after of many, many conversations, a lot of support from my husband, and really a lot of work 
with myself, I made the decision that I was going to leave the corporate world. Um, it was the longest breakup in history. It didn't happen overnight. You know, I tell people all the time that I coach who do leave the corporate world, you know, there's a way to do it right. And then there's the way I did it, which was probably wrong, but now I'm so much wiser. I can help you all. You know, I took about a year where I was just doing different contract work and decided this year, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And fortunately we were, you know, smart with finances. And we said, I said, this is too big of a change, too big of a pivotal moment in my life that I want to jump from the frying pan to the fire. And I will say that was really hard to resist because I got a lot of job offers that were very similar to what I was doing. And I was like, you know, wait a second. If I don't want to work 70 hours a week anymore, and there's no amount of money that can compensate for my stress level and my lack, like I haven't seen friends in months, you know, I'm not just taking another job for the sake of taking another job, but that is a very hard thing to do. <laughs> Believe me, there are many yeah. internal arguments about that with myself, but I didn't. I committed to figuring out me and figuring out who Amy was at 40 because Amy at 20 is the Amy that said, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have three kids. I'm going to work in the corporate world. I'm going to be su super successful. I'm going to have a C title and life's going to be grand. And by all intents and purposes, I did that except for the last part because life wasn't grand. Life was miserable. And I didn't factor that into the equation. I thought I had it all figured out at 20. So Amy at 40 says, all right, you, what everything you've believed in your life, everything you've been told by people you trust and admire and respect up until now, not that they've been wrong, but it hasn't turned out like you planned. So we're going to get intentional about what comes next. And for almost a year, that's what I did. I literally spent a year doing things strictly for pleasure. I myself went on multiple retreats. I myself got a coach. I myself started coaching all-star cheerleading, which is a huge passion of mine. I started learning to horseback ride. I had my first summer off since the age of 13. That was the best summer ever. You know, I was got to start to shed some of the heaviness of my previous sort of corporate being weighed down and really started to, yeah, I got much more spiritual as a, as an individual, much more in touch with myself, much more trusting of my intuition and realized through that process that while there were things about the corporate environment that I didn't necessarily want to go back to, particularly around the politics and some of that, I had always been blessed with amazing, amazing teams. And I'd always been blessed leading with people, in particular leading women. It was the last company I worked at was 98% female. Um, even at J&J, &J, I worked with a tremendous amount over-indexed in female teams. I started a women's leadership initiative at j and I've, oh, I've been blessed with three daughters. Like it, it took me a hot minute to take a step back and say, oh my God, like the universe is banging me over the head. Like you're meant to lead women and you need to figure out how you're going to do that. And so that's what I did. I decided I, that's where, what I love. It's what I've always loved. It's probably why I used to work 70 hours a week because I'd spend 50 of it caring about my team and my people and getting them on course. And then the rest of the time trying to catch up on my own stuff. Right. So that's why I, I decided I wanted to move into the coaching space, continue to work with executives, continue to work with the people who were where I was and help them so that they don't get to the point that I was at. That. And so I went back and, you know, on top of my MBA, got a two-year coaching certification and that's what I do now. So now I do executive coaching and specialize in retreats. So it's been a super fun journey um, and super 
rewarding. I would never have imagined being here, but I'm so happy I ended up here. (laughs) That's so amazing. I love the journey and your process and your growth throughout it too, which is so beautiful and awesome. And it's just, it's so inspiring. I mean, it truly is, you know, to, to follow your path, but still be genuine and authentic to who you are. You know what I mean? Like you didn't stray far from the corporate world, right? Like you're still helping them exactly where your heart was before. It's just, you kind of did it and reframed it in a different way, which I really love because some people are like so fearful of jumping into something that they, that they don't know, or like getting into another business or like, you know, any of that, but you had a way to incorporate it all together, which and encompass it all together, which is so cool. Thank you. And it wasn't that clear at the time, you know, and I say that because for people who are going through this process and I see it all the time, I talk to them all the time, hindsight's 2020. Believe me, when I was in it, it was not as clear as it is looking back now. You know, we took the help of other people. It, you know, it's it's why we struggle writing our own resume, right? It's very hard. You can be the most objective person to anyone on the planet. I don't care who you are. It is almost impossible to do it accurately to yourself. It just is. You know, we under-index on what we're good at. We over-index on what we're bad at. You know, it's very hard to do. So I did have help along the way. And I say that for anyone who's serious about, you know, making any type of big change like this, going it alone is one of the scariest and things that you can do. And it's not that you might not get there because, you know, you may, but it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to be filled with a lot more fear and doubt. And, you know, it's just going to speed the process along if you have support in that, because you really need that. These are not things that we're ever taught how to do. You know, no, no one teaches you how to pivot in your career in your forties. You know, nobody teaches you that you just, so finding people that you can get the support from. And I, I also say this too, I love me, my, my family and friends, but they are not it. You know, they are not it. They mean well, but they will always default to a protection mode of you. Right. And when you're in the midst of change, when you're in the midst of of big pivots and things, you really need to listen to people who are much more objective. That's where you're going to get the confidence. That's where you're going to get the the real insight because love me some family and friends, but you know, any fear and insecurity they ever had is going to be inadvertently projected on you. Right. So it's just a watch out because sometimes the people we go to for that not that they don't mean well, it's just they haven't been where you are, right? So just, I always say, you got you got to watch out. You got to watch out for that. <laughs> for sure, Amy. And so like, what, what advice would you give for someone who's on the brink of transition that is seeking that clarity? Because like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But at this point in time, when you're looking to pivot, you're just like, I am so sick of X. What would be your advice? My biggest advice is you have to find a way to reconnect with you. And I truly believe we all have the answer inside us. And as hokey as that probably sounds coming out of my mouth, but I do. You just have to find a way to get in touch with the woman or the man or the person you are today. And for everyone that might look a little bit different, whether they do it with the help of a coach or a retreat or a spiritual person, or they choose to go with their own, sometimes we freeze ourselves in this picture or this mindset when we were in our early 20s. And we don't realize that we've lived since then. We've grown, we've experienced, we've learned. We're not the person we were then. We are, and it's about if you're on the you know precipice of something new, who are you today, really? And you have to find that person. Any sentence in that process that starts with, I should, like send off the sirens. 
if the word should comes up at any point in this process, that whatever follows that is not the answer. Because it, when you're making those type of big changes, there's no more should. There's no more should because should are, you know, opinions and thoughts and beliefs put on us from other people and other sources. Now it's about what do I believe to be true? What do I want? What's going to make me happy? And that finding that within is so important. And truly, it's the only way you're going to get the confidence to move forward in whatever action you choose. If you can't rely on yourself and know that that decision is the right one within, it's not going to work. It's just not because there will be hard days and you need to know that you can, your guiding principle is yourself, right? And you're guiding lights yourself and you're able to figure it out there. The process of how to do that can vary, but at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about really getting in touch with who you are today and what that person wants. I love that, Amy. I love that. And I love that you mentioned, so in your business that you also added retreats into the mix, which is super cool. So walk me a little bit through like your business evolution, because again, you know, you're, you were a startup entrepreneur. If you yeah, are. So it's funny because I didn't actually add them in, believe it or not. I started with retreats full three months before COVID. So, you know, you always have to twist and pivot, but the reason that I feel so strongly about retreats and I and I did start there is because when I was thinking back about when I myself was in the thick of it, right, was in the thick of working crazy hours and trying to keep my family in order and trying to have a relationship with my husband. And if someone came to me and said, okay, Amy, you're going to get this amazing coach. They're the best coach in the world and they're going to help you solve all your problems. I don't care who this person was. That would have sounded to me like another thing on my to-do list. I spend all day trying to get stuff off my to-do list. And I'm like, the last thing I need is someone coming in here, giving me more stuff to do to put on my to-do list. That's the truth. That's how I would have responded. And so when I was in that year and took that time off, when I went away on retreat and I left my house, I left my husband, I left my kids, I left my job, I left my cell phone, I left the laundry, I left all the things. And I went to another geography, another location, And the only thing I had to focus on was me. It was life-changing. Every big, for me personally, awakening aha I had was on retreat. It was when I was able to quiet all those other distractions and noise and truly guiltlessly focus on myself look inward. I had, you know, with, with the guidance of great retreat leaders, it was when all of my major breakthroughs happened. And it was all when the ball really started rolling and connecting. And I thought, this is what these women need. Because then when I came back from retreat, that's when I picked up a coach. And I was like, this is the best model ever. Because then I was in a completely different mindset. I was in a completely different space. I was 250% in. I was. I saw the future. I was excited about where I was headed. And this person was going to help me get there. It would not, for me, it would not have worked the other way around. Or maybe it would have been not as effectively. And so I find you know, all of the women who come on my retreats, every single one of them, I don't have time to get away. I can't get away. I can't leave my job. I can't leave my this. And then they finally do. And they're like, their hair's blown back because they're like, I had no idea how much I needed this, how much I needed to step away from all of it. And I'm not talking for two weeks. I'm talking three nights, four days. Like it doesn't take long, but It's enough time that you're truly able to leave all those other responsibilities and pressures and to-do lists to the side and focus inward. And that's where 
you know, that's where the shift, that's where the aha is, that's where the awakening comes from. So that's what I wanted to give women. I wanted to give women that experience, that luxury, that, you know, something they don't get to do. And so my company, uh, my company actually is called Retreat by Amy Reese because of that. That's how strongly I believe in that. And then when the pandemic hit quit a few months later, that added a twist I didn't see coming, but that's okay, is when I really started getting more into one-on-one coaching. But even with my coaching, I do private retreats. So every one of my one-on-one clients, the first thing we do is we go away for an overnight. And it doesn't have to be far. If we're geographically close, we just driving distance. It doesn't have to be somewhere, you know, out west or wherever, some exotic location. It just has to be somewhere where they can truly disconnect, where we can truly go look face to face, eye to eye, heart to heart, go deep, get it all out, get where we're going together, get on the same page so that the next few months of our coaching together are that much more transformational. So it's it's a little bit, you know, as us all with COVID have had a pivot a bit, I do still do group retreats. Um, they are fewer and far between because of the environment we're in. But even with my one-on-one, private retreats are a huge part of my business now. That's incredible, Amy. I love that. I love that you started with that. Is that retreats have changed my life since I was a kid. I remember I went to, uh, I've, I was on spiritual retreats since I was, in high school. And I remember the first one that I went internationally, I went to DR, um, Dominican Republic, and we built houses and, you know, we saw poverty at the highest level and it makes you just appreciate life so much more. And then, you know, we were getting into like at nighttime doing journaling about ourselves and our feelings and emotions. So it's like, they were teaching us through those retreats, emotional intelligence at such a young age. And I give a lot of credit. The retreats literally are life-changing transformational. When you pull yourself out of a physical environment and jump into that, I can speak to that a hundred percent because it, it really, I mean, and that did it for me in my teenage years. And I think that's the reason why I've been able to come out so strong in business is because I built the foundation of myself started at a young age, you know what I mean? Working on that. So it's amazing to hear that, you know, the transformation that you've seen on, on your level, as well as clients, yourself personally, and then your clients, it's really amazing. And, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen a lot with your transitions of other people and your clients going through your process and then your own process. So my favorite question, which I love, 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 love to ask is, you know, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? And it could be anything, whatever you're pulled to. You know, I think I would tell myself, first of all, never stop trusting your gut. I, as a kid, and there's so distinct memories I have of times when I knew things before I should know things, you know? And as a little kid, you just you just brush sort of that stuff off. And I always had a very strong intuition, a very strong guiding, you know, internal system. For a lot of years, I lost it. I don't think I lost it as much as I didn't listen to it and I didn't trust it. And I moved out of my body a little bit and into my head and went, did the shoulds and did, you know, the other things that that I thought were right at the time. And I got away from trusting what I know. And every right decision I've made in my life has been one that I've trusted my gut 200%. So I would for sure, remind myself that that's not just, you know, 
that's something special. You know, it's something I tell my kids all the time. It's something I tell my kids I coach on cheer. It's so core and central to who we are. And if we can stay in touch with that intuition part of ourselves, you're, we're all going to be all right. Because that knows the path we're all supposed to be on. And so when those times and you just feel like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to You do. You do. There's just a lot of things clouding it right now, you know? And so I think I would have been more deliberate about staying more in touch with what I, I, the truth of who Amy is believed to be true for sure. That and the word should, I, I wish I knew earlier on that when you're really trying to make big decisions in life, if any of those decisions, any of those options have the word should in them, that's the wrong one. And it's literally as simple as that sometimes, you know, like, or maybe it's not the wrong one, but it's at least worth pausing and really thinking about it and really saying, do I feel this way? Or is this something that's been impressed upon me from wherever, right? So I think now it's such, you know, it's funny when I hear people say it, like in my mind, it's like turns red, you know, like you're in word and the word, it changes colors in my head. That's what happens. I wish that happened sooner. You know, I wish, I wish I was more in tune with those certain keywords that you have clues of, this isn't really what I want. Similarly to trusting your gut. I love that, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now like in your world, what's up in like the next six to 12 months? What's 2022 looking like for you? Yeah. So 2022, I'm really excited about 2022. I have to say, I actually have a retreat every January. I do a new year's retreat. So that's next week. So right around the corner. And I love that because, you know, I'm not a resolution person, but I do believe that it's a great time of year and a great energy at this time of year to pause and reevaluate right and and that's what that's what it's about that's what you know if you're still living a life based on decisions you made 10 20 30 years ago you need a pause and reflect because you know you are we're all changing the world's changing and i love that in january so i, I do always love my january retreat but i think the biggest thing for me this year is you know By the time my clients come to me, they're pretty far down the path of, I want something different, right? Not all of them, but I would say 80%, right? They're either ready to make a move, try something new, chase their passion, figure out what they want to be when they grow up, you know, at whatever age. And I had spent a lot of time thinking this past year, you know, I almost wish I could get to them before they found me. You know what I mean? I want to make a bigger impact further upstream. And so what I am doing this year is I'm transitioning, which I never, you know, (laughs) when I left the corporate world in my mind, there was like this image of me with like blazing fire in the background. Like I'm never going back, you know, celebrate something like that. And, And maybe time heals all wounds in some ways, because now I find myself for 2022 starting to work with corporations and starting to work with companies, helping their employees, specifically remote teams, specifically high potential leaders, specifically regrettable loss individuals, specifically C-suite and very high executives, help them figure out really work-life alignment so that they don't end up calling me afterwards, looking to move on. 
And so, you know, I want to continue to help women, help men, help individuals figure out, you know, what's going to make them enjoy Sunday night and Monday morning, right? Nobody wants to feel that pit in their stomach on Sunday night. And it really only comes when your work and your life are in alignment. I have found that to be truth, hands down. When those two are in alignment, it doesn't matter if it's Sunday night or Tuesday night or Saturday morning, you know, you're feeling good. And that's what I want everybody to find. And I, so for me this year, it's about, I will continue to have my, you know, one, one-on-one clients for sure. But I am now working with corporations on moving in-house, holding retreats for teams, you know, remote teams who never see each other and have never met face-to-face, bringing them together for two, three days. And not only, you know, setting goals and business planning, but really connecting, really bringing their authentic self getting to know each other and bonding on closer levels so that it's transformational when they go back to their, you know, Zoom screen. So really bringing together leaders of different industries for offsites, you know, so maybe some, some retreats are teams as a whole in one unit, other retreats are individuals from a similar industry, but coming together, getting out from their computer screen, finding that time to really connect with themselves, getting their work and life in alignment, and then going back to the office, refreshed, recharged, and ready to make a bigger impact on their team and their organization. So for me, that's really the big shift this year is to start to layer in the corporate work to hopefully make a bigger impact sooner so that I can help with some of the retention issues and some of the cultural issues and helping these managers figure out how the heck do I lead in a remote environment? Nobody's taught us how to do that. But I can tell you, I have years of experience of people telling me all the things that were wrong, right? And all the, and I myself had tried to do it years ago and have figured out along the way what people really want and what people really need. And I want to share that back. I want to share that back inside corporations and help them figure it out sooner. I love that. You are such a rock star and I just love your journey and everything in general. But now you got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness. Yeah. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn at Amy Reese. You can find me on Instagram at retreat by Amy Reese. And you can find me on my website at retreat by Amy You are such a rock star, Amy. It's such an honor to have you here today. Thank you for sharing your story, your insight, your awesomeness and all of that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I've loved it. I love chatting with you. Um, you're just an awesome person yourself. So super excited to be here. Thank you. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode. <laughs>